Welcome to our worship service today. Please stand as you are able and join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, fill us with awe and wonder this Christmas season. Let your love shine through us and bring the light of the world around us. Be with us as we worship you today. Amen. You may be seated. We are glad you're here. Please join us in the social hall following this service for a light lunch and fun activities. Our seniors on the move are going to the candlelight concert at St. Stanislaus Catholic Church on December 17th. Please talk to Ruth Terry if you're interested. You're especially invited to our Christmas Eve services at 5 p.m. and 11 p.m. See the insert in your bulletin for all upcoming activities. We light candles each Sunday the four weeks leading to Christmas and think about the coming of Christ. As we light the Advent candles today, we remember that the circle of wreath is like God's endless love for us. Last Sunday was the first Sunday of Advent, and we lit the first candle, the candle of hope. We light it again as we remember that Christ will come again. The second candle is the candle of peace. We light the candle today to remember the peace that Jesus brings to all who love him. Please join me in the meditation printed in your bulletins, responding with the bold print. O God, as we light the second candle of Advent, we seek your comfort. You come to us, O mighty and tender. Prepare our hearts to be transformed by you. Isaiah announced God's coming to a people exiled in a broken and parched wilderness. He declared that God's redemption would make a highway in the desert and change the rough places into plain. The Redeemer came to the world as a baby, born in a humble stable. Wise men sought him and offered him gifts. Please stand as you are able and join me in the prayer printed in your bulletin. Loving Loving God, in this time of preparation and planning, we thank you for the hope and peace you offer us. Heal your land and your people. Renew in us the power of hope. Give us hearts that love and seek justice. May we walk in the light of Christ all year long. This Advent season,
Christmas time, at Christmas time and every day, helps us run along our way. As we learn in Sunday school, we all should follow the golden rule. Please smile, do some good deed, be a friend to those in need. Now I like to play the Christmas bells. Joy by Kate DiCamillo, a story for children of all ages. The week before Christmas, a monkey appeared on the corner of Fifth and Vine. He was wearing a green vest and a red hat, and with him was a man, an organ grinder, who played music on the street for the people. In the daytime, when the sun shone, the sequins on the monkey's vest glittered and flashed. And from the window of her apartment, Francis could see the tin cup he held out for the people who walked by. Sometimes, if it was very quiet for just a minute, she could hear the music. It came across the crowded sidewalk and up through the windows. And even though the organ grinder and the monkey were just across the street, the song sounded sad and far away, like the music from a dream. Where do they go at night, Francis asked. Ooh, said her mother, that man and his monkey. Oh, Francis, said her mother, don't ask me questions that I can't answer. I am sure they go somewhere. Everyone goes somewhere. But where, said Francis. I have no idea, said her mother. Turn around. Francis turned. Her mother pinned the bottom of her robe. There, said her mother. Now all I have to do is hem it and you'll be ready. Have you memorized your line? Yes, said Francis. Are you excited about the pageant? Yes, said Francis, and she turned away from her mother and looked out the window at the monkey. That night, Francis made herself stay awake. She hummed songs and set her multiplication tables. She named the capitals of each state, St. Paul, Tallahassee, Harrisburg, one after the other. Every time she felt as if she might fall asleep, she shook her head and pinched her arm and opened her eyes wide. Finally, at midnight, Frances got out of bed and crept down the hallway to the living room. She looked down into the street. She saw the organ grinder. But where was the monkey? Her heart thumped. And then she saw him, tucked inside the man's overcoat, his small red hat still on his head. Look at me, Francis whispered. Look up here. It was the organ grinder who looked up. He took his cap from his head and raised it to her. They sleep on the street, Francis said the next morning, even when it snows. Oh, Francis, said her mother, maybe they could come for dinner? No, 
They can't come for dinner, said her mother. Why not? They're strangers, that's why. Eat your breakfast, Francis. You got a big day ahead of you. All that day it snowed, but by evening, in time for the pageant, the sky cleared. The snow was so deep that Frances had to wear her boots for the walk to the church. The organ grinder and, and the monkey were still on their corner. Frances ran up and put a nickel in the monkey's cup. I'm going to be in the Christmas play tonight, she said. I got to wear wings and I have one line to say. Do you want to hear it? Frances, her mother said, we're going to be late. Let's go. You can come, Frances said, turning back. The play is at the church. It's just down the street. You can both come. Morgan Grinder smiled at her, but his eyes looked sad. At the church, everyone else was already in costume. Hurry, the choir director said as he helped Frances put on her wings. The shepherds walked out first, and then the choir director pointed to Frances. Now, he whispered. Frances stood very still. She opened her mouth, but the words would not come. Say it, whispered one of the shepherds. Say it, hissed an angel who did not have any lines of her own. The camel, which was really two people, swayed nervously back and forth. But Frances could not speak. All she could think about was how cold it was outside and how sad the organ grinder's eyes were, even when he smiled. The world was quiet. Everyone waited. Then, at the back of the sanctuary, a door opened. Frances smiled. Behold, she shouted, I bring you tidings of great joy. And because the words felt so right, she said them again. Great joy! And 
ransom captive Israel who mourns in lonely exile here until the Son of God appear Rejoice Rejoice, Emmanuel, shall come to thee, O Israel. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel, shall come to thee, O Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 31. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that the census should be taken over the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was the governor of Syria, and everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up the town of Nazareth to Galilee, to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the end.
Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 14. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I will bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. Chapter 2, verses 15 through 20. When, when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go see this thing, and let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, 
which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby, who was lying in a manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had, ha- what had been told to them about, the ch- about this child. And all who heard were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. God is by Leo Tolstoy. In a little town in Russia, there was a man named Martin, a cobbler by trade. Hardly a pair of boots in my neighborhood hasn't my hands at least once or twice. Some boots I've resold, some I've patched, and others I've stitched ever so carefully. 
From his basement workroom, he could look out the window and see his handiwork pass by. I recognize everyone by their boots. Martin had always been a good man. A reliable man. A respected man. Martin lived alone. His wife and children had died years before. Their deaths had caused him to doubt God's love and question his faith. However, in his old age, he began to think about his soul as he never had before. I began to seek God. After I finished each day's work, I would take my Bible off the shelf and read it. The more he read, the better he understood. The better he understood, the happier he felt. Until one night, when Martin read from the Gospel of Luke. If someone slaps you on one cheek, turn the other also. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt. Give to everyone who asks you, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. Martin was troubled by these words of Jesus. He had been a good man. A reliable man. A respected man. But he was not the kind of man Jesus described. Troubled, he turned the page, hoping to find a word of comfort. Martin found a description of a rich Pharisee who had invited Jesus to his house. A troubled woman. A sinner. Interrupted the meal. She wanted to see Jesus. She needed to see Jesus. And when she did, she wept at his goodness. She wept at her own shame. She washed the dusty feet of Jesus with her tears. She poured her finest perfume on his shoeless feet. Martin read, Then Jesus turned toward the woman and said to the Pharisee, Do you see this woman? I came into your house, but you did not give me any water for my feet. But she wet my feet with her, ta- with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but from the moment I entered the room, this woman has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil upon my head, but she has per- poured perfume on my feet. I realized that the Pharisee was a person just like me, a good man. A reliable man. A respected man. But the Pharisee thought only of himself, how to get a cup of tea, how to keep warm and comfortable, never thought for his guest. Yet who was the guest? The Lord himself. If he came to me, would I behave like the Pharisee? The question troubled Martin. At last, he fell into a deep and restless sleep. Martin? Who's there? But there was no one there. Martin drifted to sleep again. Martin? Martin, expect for me, for I shall come to you tomorrow. Martin didn't know whether he had heard these words in a dream or while awake. He tossed and turned into the wee hours of the morning. Then just before dawn, he fell into a deep and restful sleep. When I wakened, I decided I would begin my day as I always had. I prayed. I prepared a pot of buckwheat porridge and put a kettle of soup on the fire so it could cook while I worked. I brewed tea for the day in my old samovar, then tied my leather apron round my waist and took my seat at the window so I could begin work. Just as he did every day, Martin watched the parade of boots pass in front of his basement window. Patched fell boots. Sturdy working man's boots. Then the shabby snow-soaked boots of Stefan. My feet. So cold, but must keep shoveling. So tired, must keep shoveling. Stefan was an old, broken-down soldier. 
renting a room from a wealthy businessman. To pay the rent, Stefan needed to work. That day, he was supposed to clear the walks in front of his landlord's businesses, but Stefan was too frail to lift the heavy, wet snow. I watched him work from the comfort of my cozy basement room. I was about to have a cup of tea, but first, I climbed the stairs to the street and asked Stefan to come inside for a bit. God bless you, Martin. Stefan tried to wipe his feet as he entered Martin's room. You're as wobbly as a three-legged meal. Stefan, let me wipe that slush from the stairs. Please, sit down. Have some tea, friend. The tea warmed me from the inside out. Stefan drank one cup, then two. All the while, Martin kept glancing out the window. Are you expecting someone? The only time I have guests is when someone needs their shoes repaired. Something happened last night that will not leave me today. I can't tell in the daylight whether it was a dream or a fantasy. In any case, I was reading about Christ the Lord and what happened when he walked on earth. I'm an ignorant man, not able to read. Tell me more. I came to the part where he went to a Pharisee's home and wasn't received well. As I read, I wondered if Jesus came to my house, would I welcome him? Both men drank their tea in silence for a few minutes. That's when it happened. What happened? I began to doze, and I heard someone call me by name, though there was no one in the room. It happened again, and I heard the voice whisper, Expect me. I will come tomorrow. I watch out the window now, because I am expecting my dear Lord. Martin refilled Stefan's cup once more. Stefan drank it in silence, then rose to leave. Thank you, Martin. You have given me comfort, both body and soul. Martin again took his place at his cobbler's bench and began stitching the back seam of a boot. The words of Christ whispered in his soul, Do to others as you would have them do to you. Martin watched for the feet of Jesus. He saw soldiers' boots, work boots, and then tattered woolen stockings and peasant-made shoes paused in front of Martin's basement window. A stranger in town? Those shoes aren't from around here. The woman wore shabby summer clothes. A tiny baby was in her arms. Martin watched as she held the baby close, rewrapping the ragged blanket around him. He rose from his bench and once again climbed his basement stairs. Why do you stand out there in this cold with your baby? Come inside. You can wrap him up better in a warm place. Come this way. She followed him inside. Sit down near the stove, friend. Warm yourself and feed your baby. I have no food. Without saying a word, Martin brought her a steaming bowl of cabbage soup and some bread. Gently he took the baby from her arms and held it while she ate. Do you have warmer clothing? No, sir. I caught my shawls by food yesterday. Martin went to a trunk at the back of his shop and rummaged for a moment. He brought an old woolen cloak to her. You can wrap your son in it. The woman wept in gratitude. As she rose to leave, Martin pressed some coins into her hand. Get your shawl out of the shop. May the Lord bless you. Martin returned to his work. Many feet walked by his window, but none turned into his shop. He waited and waited. Just before sunset, an old woman stopped in front of his window. She carried a basket of apples in one hand, and a sack of wood chips to fuel a fire in the other. She leaned against the building to rest for a moment. 
and Martin saw a boy in a tattered cap come from out of nowhere and grab an apple from her basket. She grabbed him. Get back here, you thief. Let go of me. Let go of my food. Ouch, you're hurting me. I'm calling the police. I wasn't trying to take your rotten rifles, lady. Martin rushed up the stairs and outside into the fading light to separate them. Let him go, Granny. Please, forgive him for Christ's sake. Forgive him? He needs to be punished. Thief! Let him go. Lad, ask Granny's forgiveness. I saw you snatch an apple from her basket. I'm sorry. Martin reached into her basket and handed the boy an apple. I'll pay you for this, Granny. You're rewarding him for stealing. He has to be punished so that he never forgets. That's our way, but it's not God's way. If he should be punished for stealing an apple, what should be done to all of us for our sins? As the old woman hoisted her sack of wood chips onto her back, the lad sprang forward to help. Let me carry that for you, Granny. I'm walking your direction. I watched them as they walked off together talking. I glanced up and down the vacant street one last time before heading back downstairs to my shop. I lit the lamp on my table and took my Bible off the shelf. I sat down in my chair and bowed my head in prayer. Had this good man, this reliable man, this respected man, missed the visit of his beloved Lord today? Just then, he heard soft footsteps, as if people were standing in a corner of the room. A voice whispered, Martin, Martin, don't you know me? Who is it? It is I. Stefan stepped out of the dark corner, smiled at Martin, and vanished into thin air. It is I. The woman with the baby stepped out of the dark corner. The woman nodded at Martin. The baby laughed. Then they, too, vanished into thin air. It is I. The old woman and the lad stepped out of the dark corner. The woman hugged the boy, and then both vanished. Martin's soul grew glad. He opened his Bible and read. Jesus said, I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. Whatever you do for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, You do for me. You do for me. You do for me. You do for Jesus.
As we take the joy 
that this morning has brought our hearts out into the world and share it in all that we do. Go in peace. Amen. for listening to this podcast of the First United Methodist Church in Turlock, California. This podcast is distributed under a Creative Commons non-commercial share-alike license. For more information about our church, visit www.fumcturlock.org or call the church at 209-668-3000. Visitors are always welcome. And now, may the peace of the Lord dwell in your hearts this day. And may God bless you.